Welcome to episode two of the JTD Coaches Me podcast. For those of you joining me for the first time, I'm Joanne Tierney Daniels, founder of JTD Health, Wellness, and Life Coaching. To complement my health and life coach certifications, I also hold a Bachelor of Science degree in Community and Health Services. In my private practice, I mentor individual clients on a variety of wellness topics relating to health, eating disorders, love, family, career, and relationships. I also offer complimentary live group mentoring sessions via Zoom on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please visit the JTD Health, Wellness, and Life Coaching Facebook page for additional information and the registration links for the weekly live sessions. Today, I will be discussing the concept of clearing emotional and physical clutter, letting go to grow. I will take an in-depth look at ingrained beliefs. My focus will be on how our programming, the thoughts and information that shapes our identities, might factor into the development of unhealthy behaviors. For me, my childhood conditioning manifested itself into a disordered relationship with food. Although I can't pinpoint exactly how, my earliest thoughts and experiences caused me to adopt unhealthy patterns and behaviors relating to nourishment. Your unhealthy patterns may look entirely different than mine. Maybe you have too many cocktails at happy hour or overindulge in other vices. Perhaps you're a people pleaser, afraid to say no to others out of fear someone might not like you. Do you continually choose or stay with the wrong romantic partner? Are you crippled by guilt or obsessed with perfectionism? Perhaps you have difficulty controlling anger or jealousy. The list is endless and can be as varied as the population. Obviously, I can't solve any of these issues in an hour or by recording a podcast. What I can do is to plant some seeds. My hope is that my words inspire you to start your own process of self-assessment. I urge you to take a hard look at any behaviors limiting your growth. Begin examining and reconciling their origin. Then begin formulating a process to move forward, one that will help you start to replace detrimental habits with new, healthier habits. I will offer you suggestions on how to start reconditioning your old patterns of thought, which will allow you to take small, progressive steps toward living your best life. At their core, lifestyle challenges are driven by habitual thought patterns and beliefs. You must uncover and alter their perceptions and feelings driving the behaviors holding you back. The patterns that don't serve us well manage to get in the way of what we really want. And at the end of the day, most of us simply want peace in our lives. From the moment we're born, the bricks forming the foundation of our identities begin to be layered. Each thought and experience are mounted on the next, elevating and strengthening the walls of our foundation. But things can happen along the way to damage these walls. For most of us, the blows are minor and our foundation is still structurally sound. Small repairs can fix the damage, but even the minor cracks and fissures must be addressed to restore our structural integrity. For others, the damage is severe. The foundation may crumble, leaving someone in a rubble of unfulfilled destiny. Time and time again, we hear the phrase, everything happens for a reason. I've quoted it myself countless times, but the more I think about it, the less I like it. On one hand, as a person of faith, I have been taught that our lives are preordained by a higher power. That's a comforting notion for those who have been blessed with relatively normal lives. I use the word normal here for lack of a better one. 
but I say it loosely because like perfection, normal doesn't exist. On the other hand, I imagine this phrase falls less softly on the psyches of those who have undergone trauma in their lives. What could be a justifiable reason behind life's most heinous offenses? What purpose does child abuse, sexual assault, and violent crime serve in a person's life? What about those suffering from the after effects of childhood neglect, dysfunctional households, the loss of a parent or sibling, alcohol or substance abuse, divorce or bullying? Injury doesn't look the same to everyone. Individual suffering can be attributed to one incident or a prolonged event. Every person's perception and tolerance for life's personal tragedies and setbacks are different, but different does not equate to less. I don't believe everything happens for a reason anymore. Some events are beyond reason. Some offenses cannot be explained. They are simply beyond human comprehension. But I do believe that the human spirit is a powerful force. It can withstand almost anything with the right mindset. I also know that change is possible. I'm a living example of it. We can all learn from our experiences, even the harshest ones and those residing in our distant past. We can use them as a catalyst for growth. You can change the trajectory of your life beginning today. You can alter your life by changing your perceptions. And once you start to change your perceptions, modifying unhealthy habits becomes much easier. So how do we go about doing any of this? It's a lot to tackle. And it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It may take you a month, a year, or a decade to reach your goals. But each step, no matter how small, will bring you closer to the person you hope to be. The alternative is to stay exactly where you are. And that choice has the potential to decrease your longevity. Unhealthy lifestyle habits can literally shave years off your life. I'm not telling you anything most of you don't already know, but what you may not realize is that carrying that knowledge is often a heavy burden to bear, either consciously or subconsciously. Unhealthy patterns are usually symptomatic of something deeper, and in most instances, they are rooted in an affliction of some sort. If this is true for you, I want you to think about the experiences or people behind your pain. Haven't they taken enough from you? Are you going to allow them to take years from your life, from your loved ones? Without a doubt, offenders should be held accountable for their sins. Their offenses shouldn't be your burden, but sometimes the reality is they are. Despite these facts, as adults, there comes a point when we need to take personal responsibility for our own well-being. Somehow, we must find a way to compartmentalize our suffering or let it go. When our souls are restless or we're harboring hurt and discomfort, this often manifests itself into anger that we turn inward. Many times we can't or are unwilling to direct our anger where we would like to. As a result, we have a way of subconsciously turning things around and blaming ourselves. Even if we've made mistakes that are our fault, we need to let go of residual anger. Unresolved and unmanaged anger are detrimental to our physical and mental well-being. One of the most powerful things we can do is to practice forgiveness, whether it involves forgiving others or forgiving ourselves. Forgiveness doesn't defend or rationalize offenses perpetrated by or against us. 
It's a gift to yourself. It's merely a means of recognizing the imperfection and fragility of humanity. Forgiveness doesn't justify sins. It's a demonstration of the personal strength you possess to transcend life's transgressions and unpredictability. Growing up, I was consumed by Irish Catholic guilt. Every innocent childhood mistake I made hung heavy on my soul, clipping my wings and dampening my spirit. As a parent, I now realize how disproportionate the penalty was to the crimes. Children shouldn't be carrying unnecessary shame into adulthood for their indiscretions, or worse, carrying the sins of others. The importance of forgiveness should be taught at the earliest stages of development. I carried feelings of inadequacy into my teens. Then, in my 20s, I rebelled, engaging in reckless behavior and overindulgence, which culminated in more guilt and shame. The bricks of adult offenses layered on top of an unstable childhood foundation nearly dismantled my identity. For most of my life, I felt unlovable. I invested in others more than myself, often choosing emotionally unavailable partners. They were good people, but their agendas differed from mine. Whenever a man showed me genuine love, I ran for cover or distorted reality, convincing myself he possessed an imaginary fatal flaw. But I simply didn't trust their judgment. Something was clearly wrong with them if they were in love with me. The tide began to turn when I met my now husband. In my 30s and ready to have children, I began to assess my programming and its impact on my life. I reevaluated what I was looking for in a partner and accepted his sweet marriage proposal. In the rush and excitement of a new house and wedding, my assessment was put on hold again. Add three children into the mix and all the responsibilities that accompany them, and nearly two decades went by until I revisited my personal priorities again. That should jar your sensitivities as much as it did mine. I've always had compassion and a great capacity to care for and tend to others, but I didn't begin to prioritize my own personal needs until I was 50 years old. Although shocking, it's not an uncommon occurrence for women. The reason I became a health and life coach is because I don't want to see others squander decades of their lives before they make themselves a priority. Of course, I'm not advocating a life of selfishness. There is no greater reward than serving others. But we can do that concurrently with self-care. When we are closer to the selves we are meant to be, our capacity to love and feel joy increases. With that, our capabilities to help others expands as well. Last week, I discussed the necessity of identifying a motivating factor for change, a catalyst strong enough to prompt meaningful modifications in your life. If your motivation is too weak, your old habits and behaviors will consume it. Because doing what we've always done is easier and more comfortable in the short term than doing something new. Change is uncomfortable, even when we're changing something negative. The comfort of our old habits provides short-term pleasure or gratification, even when our habits are dysfunctional. I want to live my life authentically. That is my motivating factor. I'm still on my own journey. In some ways, it only began four years ago. It may never end, and perhaps it's not meant to. 
Regardless of the current circumstances in my life, I always gravitate back to the concept of progression. If we're learning and growing and doing our best to treat others with empathy and kindness, we're on the right path. You will have setbacks, but you must try not to stray too far from the course, leading you to what you genuinely want. And one way to remind ourselves of our objectives is to anchor our motivating factor to something meaningful in our lives. Anchoring your reason for change to something in your environment will help create a positive association between your motivating factor and making healthy changes. You want to associate positive feelings with the new behaviors you're trying to instill. The more positive the link between your motivating factor and the healthier behavior, the less likely it will feel like a chore or obligation. Anchors are a symbolic way of acting as pattern interrupters, keeping you on track, holding you accountable, and reminding you of your why. Anchors can also prevent us from making choices we'll regret. When you're tempted to fall off track or self-sabotage in some way, an anchor is a reminder that saying no to your old habits means saying yes to something much larger, something much more important than the momentary feeling of satisfaction or gratification your old habits deliver. Make sure you are saying yes to the things that are going to bring you closer to what you really want in your life. My anchor is a bracelet with the message, I got you, inscribed on it. This bracelet is meaningful to me for a couple of different reasons, but most importantly, it reminds me that I have me. I'm the one responsible for my decisions and ultimate happiness. There isn't going to be a white knight galloping in to save the damsel in distress. I need to be my own hero. If I want change in my life, it must start and end with me. That's not to say that I expect life to be perfect, but feeling better physically is infectious. It has a way of pervading into other areas of your life. Your anchor can be anything meaningful to you, a piece of jewelry, picture of someone you love, notes scattered around the house, a screensaver on your phone, or even a favorite song. Pick something that's accessible, lifts your mood, and reminds you why you've decided to do things differently than you have in the past. Anchors provide an opportunity to raise your level of self-awareness, providing a reminder to make choices that align with your motivating factor. Now, I'm finally at the point where I'm going to discuss how you go about clearing emotional clutter in your lives. The first step is to eradicate negativity to the best of your ability. Negativity is like a cancer. It has the potential to metastasize into other areas of your life, regardless of its form, thoughts, people, or experiences. Negativity takes up a tremendous amount of focus and energy. It robs you of peace, which is already in short demand in our lives. The easiest way to minimize negativity in our lives is to surround yourself with positive people, people with a sense of humor. By its nature, laughter promotes positivity. Fill your inner circle with companions whose company you enjoy, with those who make you feel good. Social media gives us a false sense of popularity. A thousand Facebook friends doesn't equate to a thousand meaningful friendships. 
look past the superficial and concentrate on the quality of people. The people who are most important to me, who I make time for, are those who encourage me and promote my personal growth. They make me want to feel more, learn more, and be more. You also want to live your life from a place of gratitude. When we appreciate what we have, there's less time to focus on what we don't have. Start and end your day thinking about your blessings. Appreciation and peace are intrinsically linked. They are both integral components of a higher quality of life. Sometimes gratitude takes practice, particularly during times of heightened stress. And change is stressful. So, as you're going through this process of modification, take time to practice gratitude. Look for the goodness in your life. Thank those who make your life a better place. Think of a higher purpose for yourself. Share your talents. Help others who are less fortunate. There are no greater rewards or anything more positive than appreciation and serving others. Next, I want you to stop ruminating about other people's false or adverse opinions. There's no value in spending time worrying about another person's opinion of you. In most instances, people are thinking about you a lot less than you think. More importantly, opinions aren't facts. Even if there's truth to validate someone's opinion, don't give anyone else power over your thoughts and feelings. Even if you've made a mistake, which is prompting gossip in your environment, remember, today's headlines are typically forgotten in a week. Negative gossip is often a means for someone to feel better about themselves. Hurting people hurt others. Gossip and rumor are used as methods to gain attention or seek acceptance. They aren't worthy of your consideration. Dismiss them. They are inconsequential to your life. In addition, stop trying to be everyone's best friend. We're never going to live in a world where everyone likes us. Think about the people you don't care for. For the most part, I'm sure they aren't bad people. Sometimes someone simply isn't our cup of tea or coffee or tequila. I'm certain their lives are moving forward fine without your friendship. Your life will be fine without those who don't like you. Why waste a second of your time trying to prove your worth to anyone? If someone needs to be convinced of your value, then they weren't meant to be a part of your life for the long haul. This concept also applies to people you do like. I've walked away from individuals I adore. Others have justifiably done the same to me. Examine the relationships in your life. The most difficult way of removing emotional clutter from our lives is to distance ourselves from people who no longer serve us. Like life, relationships are fluid and unpredictable. In genuinely positive relationships, the investment of both parties is equitable and reciprocal. If they're not, it's okay to let people go as long as it's done with kindness and not malice. Repurposing a relationship doesn't need to be done swiftly, overtly, or aggressively. You can simply take a step back from individuals who don't complement your life anymore. Distance doesn't mean that you don't love this person, and it doesn't necessarily mean this person will never be a part of your life again. I've reconnected with people years later, sometimes decades later, when we were both in different places emotionally. Many of those relationships have flourished despite or perhaps due to the time we spent apart. 
Sometimes in order to grow and move our lives in a more positive direction, we must leave certain people behind, even if it's only temporarily. It's not an easy task, but sometimes our happiness depends on it. For those of you participating in the 30-day commitment made by the Virtual Health and Wellness Coaching with Joanne Tierney Daniels Facebook group, your exercise for this week is to clear some physical clutter from your life. Although this is a physical exercise, it's rooted in symbolism. Its purpose is to remind us that we must clear out the old to make room for the new. Most people have made goals in their past, but haven't achieved them. Part of the reason for their failure is that they haven't systematically or structurally changed anything in their lives to make way for something new. They hold on to antiquated ideologies and repeat patterns that immobilize them promoting apathy and causing stagnation. We all have clutter in our environment or schedule that needs clearing. This week, concentrate on one area of your life that needs your attention. Perhaps your car needs to be cleaned, your desk needs to be organized, or your closet is filled with clothes you'll never wear again. It's spring. Go outside. Maybe you need to weed or empty your shed. This doesn't have to be a heavy lift. It can be as simple as clearing an unnecessary appointment from your schedule. Unsubscribe from the promotional emails clogging your inbox or cancel subscriptions that you no longer use. Just do something. Change one small thing. You may be surprised by how cathartic this exercise is. And if clearing out your garage is an uplifting experience, imagine how you'll feel after clearing out the emotional clutter hampering your progression. This podcast has covered a lot of information. For those of you participating in the Facebook group, I encourage you to focus on the following for the upcoming week. Start thinking about your programming and how it factors into unhealthy habits. Begin to let go of any residual anger in your life, whether it's focused on others or directed inward. Think about the power of forgiveness and the freedom it can bring into your life. Give some consideration to whether you're ready to adopt the practice of forgiveness, regardless of whether it involves forgiving yourself or someone else. Continue the action step you committed to last week. In addition, add a new one. Each week, we will build upon the last, incorporating new healthier habits into our lives as we move closer to our 30-day objectives. Anchor your motivating factor to something tangible or meaningful in your life. And finally, Clear some physical clutter from your life. If you haven't already joined my Facebook group, I encourage you to do so. The JTD Coaches Me podcasts and my live Zoom sessions offered on Tuesday evenings supplement the Facebook group. Those are both the best mechanisms to interact with me personally. Studies have shown that having the right support and accountability partners are instrumental to successfully managing positive changes in our lives. We celebrate our successes and discuss our setbacks on both forums. They also provide participants the opportunity to encourage and communicate with each other. If you're still listening and haven't turned me off by now, I know this is important to you. That means it's important to me too. And as I will remind you every single week, when someone is important to me, I want to help them find a way to live their best life. So I hope to see you on the next live Zoom session. I would love to meet you personally. 
If not, tune into the next episode of the JTD Coaches Me podcast when I will continue to discuss the next steps in our journey. Until then, thank you for listening and stay safe and well.